Welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend Daniel Hardy, the senior pastor of Royalty House International, Peter Maddoxburg. Reverend Daniel Hardy has a strong passion for missions and evangelism and has preached the gospel over many years. Join us now for a life-changing experience. speak to God. You've come to hear from God and you want to ask God specifically to speak to you. We are all before almighty God with different issues on our minds, different problems that we need solutions to, different things on our hearts and you want to speak to the Lord and say, Lord, today speak to me, speak to me. Deal with my specific situation. Deal with my specific case today. In the name of Jesus. Lift your voice and just speak to him wherever you are. Speak to us, speak to us, speak to us, speak to us, speak to us. Meet every individual need that is represented before you today, Lord. What a Holy Spirit, visit us in a special Visit us in a special In the name of Jesus In the name of Jesus In the name of Jesus In the 
Edification, let them bring exaltation and let them bring comfort. Thank you for the gift of prophecy today. Speak your word into every heart. Let prayers be answered today in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your mighty Holy Spirit who's available to us a friend, a teacher. And a strengthener. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word that cannot be broken. Let every heart be blessed today as we come to your word. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. amen. Say an Isa, Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah, you may be seated. Wow. Are you excited to be in the presence of God this morning? Well, I'm happy to see you all on a Sunday morning. 
It's a little unusual, but it's also good. Amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor, it's also good. Amen. Well, today we have a wedding immediately after the service. Um, So we'll have a quick service and then we will dash off for the wedding. Amen. Our sister Hazel and our brother Shweb are getting married immediately after the service. All right? Yeah. Yeah. As you are clapping, your wedding dress is also being made. Somebody is preparing to propose to you. I said somebody is preparing to propose to you. You see, some of you ladies are not saying amen. It is yours in the name of Jesus. You know, the reason why some of you are not saying amen is that you have looked around, you have calculated everything, you check your age, you have checked the brothers around, you have also checked the mistakes you have made, the opportunities you have lost. And when you look at yourself, it is not possible. But once upon a time, Jesus met a guy. He had been suffering from his problem for 38 years. But that day when he met Jesus, Jesus said to him, Rise up, take up your bed, and walk. And he rose up, he took up his bed, and he walked after 38 years. So maybe for 12 years, nobody has proposed to you. When you you look at the clock, you are about 37 years, 6 months, and some coins. And when you look at all the brothers around, you look at Mela and Zamo, they are children. They can't propose to you, including Wauzi Wazawo. But I tell you, there's a guy coming from far away to come and propose to you. Yeah. You know, even before I go on to the preaching, just by way of wedding announcement, if you remember Sinokolo, that little girl, well, she's she's also getting married on the 14th of December, which is two weeks from now. I remember when she was in grade 8. And I told her, one day somebody is going to come from far away and come to marry you. And you'll be a beautiful bride. Two weeks time, she's getting married. Yours is not next. Yeah. So believe it. Today I'm talking about prophecies. So we're already in the right place. For a short time, I started to share with you the last time I was here about what happens in the presence when we come together or when we gather as a church. Amen. How many of you remember? We read from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Please put it up. Please put it up there so we can all read it together. Hebrews 5, 20, Hebrews 10, 25. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 25. The Bible says that not neglecting the assembling of yourselves together. Please read it, all of you. I want you all to read it. Amen. It says that we shouldn't neglect the assembling of ourselves together as some people do. As we see the day approaching. Some people have the habit of, look, today I don't feel like coming to church. Key December, boss. I can't come to church today, you know. Do you get it? Even to the point where some churches go on holidays. And it's not the fault of the pastor. The church members don't want to come to church. Amen. So at the end of the day, the church even takes... Do you get it? But the Bible is telling us that even as we see the day approaching, even as we see the day approaching, 
we should, one of the things we should fight to keep is coming together, gathering together. And Jesus said, where two or three people are gathered in my name, there I am also in their midst. So, one of the most important things you should do as a Christian is to always come into the gathering. If you ask me as a Christian, what are you supposed to do? Read your Bible, pray every day, and go to church all the time. These are the three keys I'll give you to you. Very simple. Very, very simple. Read your Bible every day, pray every day, and come to church all the time. Yeah. All the time. You will do well. So, in in the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 14... Paul is explaining to us what things are done when we come to church or what things are done when we gather together as a church. We gather as a church, we gather as basentes, we gather as centers. And he says that don't neglect any of these gatherings. Anytime that people gather, make sure that you are there. Say amen. So he says, what happens when we gather? Now he explains this in the book of Corinthians. He says that, follow after charity, but desire spiritual gifts. Or follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto man, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, how be it in the spirit he speaks mystery. And then he says, but he that prophesieth speaketh unto edification, exhortation, and comfort. This is where we left off the last, last time. He says, when you come together... Now, these are spiritual things. When it comes to spiritual things, the most important ingredient you need is a desire. I said it's what? A desire. Spiritual gifts are like drinking water. If you are not thirsty, you don't need it. God fills them that are thirsty. So it says, have a desire. Some people have come to church just so that they have a place to wear their nice clothes, which is also not bad. At least you have come. Yeah. As somebody will say, at least you have came. It's also good. Yeah, I mean you have came, so it's good. Do you get it? Some people also come to meet their friends. Say so just to have fellowship with their friends. So throughout the service, they'll just be playing with their friends. Comparing their ponytail to their friend's ponytail. Comparing their wig to their friend's wig. You know, just throughout. You know, my Brazilian hair is longer than your Brazilian hair. My Peruvian hair is longer than your Peruvian hair. My side bends is longer than your side bends. That, that's what the brothers now do. They compare their side bends. <laughs> Wazau. <laughs> do you get it? Good, but... He says, when it comes to spiritual gift, you must have a desire for it. A hunger for it. And once you have a hunger for it, God will fill your hunger. Amen. Amen. So he says that, good. But I prefer that you prophesy. Because when you prophesy, three things happen. He says, number one, people are edified. Number two, people are exalted. And number three, people are comforted. Amen. This, these are the three things we looked at some Sundays ago. Edific- a month ago, exactly a month ago. We said edification takes place anytime we gather. And we said to edify means to build up, to charge up. I said you are like a cell phone. If you are not charged with, with a battery, if you are not charged regularly, you run flat. And some of us use phones that even discharge quickly now i think who are we the phone who are we who are we now they've made battery sharing yeah which is a very powerful clap for them clap for them 
So you take your phone like this and then you join it to somebody's phone and then you give them some power. That is very, very, I mean, technological advancement. Yeah, but it's only applicable to phones which have battery problems. Do you get it? It's only applicable. I mean, you, need, you don't need to share power if you don't have battery problems, but it's also powerful. So, when we come to church, we edify each other. We charge each other up. We charge each other up. Do you get it? Do you get it? We charge each other up. Yeah, we, we, who are we each other? Do you, do you get it? Uh-huh. So, without even anything going, just by coming, seeing the children dancing, hearing them play the keyboard, the girl sings the song, everything is charging you up. So even before the word of God comes, you are being charged up. You become excited. I'm happy I came to church. I saw my friend this. Then you become charged up. So he says, you edify each other. And the greatest charger is the word of God. When the word of God comes, it strengthens you. It builds you up, ready to fight again. Some of us work at places that when you go to work once... It's like the workplace is trying to bring out the unbeliever. It's trying to bring out the flesh. It's trying to, it's tearing up and bringing out the flesh. Sometimes you enter, the boss is so unreasonable. Unreasonable. Unreasonable means cannot reason reasonably. <laughs> the boss cannot think or reason reasonably. Yeah. When you are late, the boss lets you sign for being late. When it's knock-off time, the boss says, work overtime without pay. That is unreasonable. And you don't sign that yesterday, instead of closing at 5, I closed at 7.34. But woe be ties if you come to work late the next day by two and a half minutes. Which is 150 seconds, by the way. It tries to bring out the flesh. So when you come to church, the flesh is mellowed. Then the spirit is charged up again. The spirit charged. Sometimes you feel like giving up. But when you come, you are encouraging church. You, even sometimes you hear somebody's testimony. You become encouraged. The testimony we heard, the lady said she was having problems. And you know, for your boss to give you a donation. Look, your boss is not your friend, I'm telling you. This is free of charge. He's your boss. So for him to give you a donation, look, God must have moved his heart. Yeah. So when you hear the testimony, maybe you are going through a similar problem, you look at it and say, wow, God will do mine for me. Amen. Amen. Now, he said another thing that happens also is edification. Edification, then exhortation. And we said exhortation is to exert influence on somebody's will to do, to do what is morally right and acceptable. That is, you influence somebody to do the right thing. When you come to church, you are influenced to do the right thing. Outside the church, we are never influenced to do the right thing. I mean, if you're a man, young man, outside church, your friends will be encouraging you to sleep with as many ladies as you can find to show that you are a man. I mean, look at this guy. I mean, you, you already, he's already a man. By the time you wake up in the morning, God has sent you an SMS to remind you that you are a man. You see all your natural resources flexing themselves that, look, we are here, we are here, we are here. Yeah. 
believe it. As a man, just sleep and wake up. When you wake up, that's where you understand. Ujesu unamadla unamadla You don't need any further proof. You don't need anybody to come and convince you that you are a man. You already know that you are a man. Yeah. But everybody around you will be, will be telling you, brother, how many, how many of them have you knocked? How many have you conquered? How many have you... Hey. But when you come to church, then you are taught the proper way. That you are not an animal. I mean, let's be serious. I'm a nice guy like you. If I saw you after church and I said, you are an animal. How do you say it in Zulu so that it has more weight? So if I met you after church and I said, I mean, you you will be so angry. I went to the church. The pastor called me an animal. You won't like it. Be offended. We'll have to send all the elders of the church to come and pacify you. That look, we are sorry. We won't say that again. But your friends are already telling you that be an animal. Sleep with any animals are the ones who sleep with anybody. You'll never see two dogs having a wedding. They just sleep with anybody. I mean, any, any, anyone. But when you come to church, we influence you in the right way. Yeah. Yeah. Exact influence on your thinking. Marry. Settle down properly. Don't go around as a girl serving yourself to every Tom, Dick, and Harry. Yeah. It's like, look, everybody have a share. I mean, no. We influence you in the right way. Tell you, do the right thing. You may be struggling now, but we say, don't worry. Do the right thing. At least have a mind that I want to do the right thing. Once in your mind you accept that you want to do the right thing, eventually you will do the right thing. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Eventually you will do the right thing. You will do the right thing. Exhortation. Then comfort. We said comfort. Anytime you come to church, you are comforted. Because many people, you see, as we have come to church this fine Sunday morning, many of us are working, wearing makeup and looking nice. But behind the makeup, sometimes it's a broken heart. Sometimes it's a broken spirit. Sometimes it's discouragement. Sometimes it's pain. Sometimes it's tears. Sometimes it's scars. Yes, scars. I mean, some of us are forced to put up makeup this morning because somebody hit you in the face. Without makeup, you cannot appear in church today. And that somebody is not a robber, not a thief, but your husband. Yeah. Or the one you live with, he hit you in the face. So it's like, you have to put makeup. It's like, when there are potholes on the road, you fill it up. Yeah, fill it up. Because you don't want people in the church to see your husband as a, a, I mean a wicked person. Because he's not wicked all the time. He's wicked maybe twice in a week. But the other five days, he's a very nice person. And that's what you got. So you took it like that. And you are managing it. Do you, do you get it? So as you are sitting down, your neighbor may be shouting, Amen, Amen. But... You, you have to ration your amen. Because, look, lunch after church is not there. If you use the small breakfast, the tea that you drank to be shouting amen, by after church, you will be hungry. And when they call the first timers, you can't join them. You have joined them three times already. By now, they know you. You can't join them. Yeah, because if you join them, 
the lady who takes care of the first time will say, ah, when you were here last two weeks and last three weeks, please go back to your seat. Meanwhile, you know why you are there. Do you get it? You know why you are there. So when people come to church, they all sit. Anytime you meet people in a group or in a crowd, they have different issues. They have different issues. So Paul said, when we come together, one of the things that must happen is that people must be comforted. People must be told, it's going to get better. People must be told, there's light at the end of the tunnel. People must be told, weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. People must be told, I came to tell you, your morning is here. It must happen. That's why you should never cut off yourself from coming to church. Even when you don't feel like. When you don't feel like. In fact, the time you must come is when you don't feel like. Hey, pastor, but I was having a flu. That's why you must come. That's why you must come. Do you know the number of times I have preached with a flu? Not only come to church, but I am the preacher with my flu. Yeah. I mean, the last time we were here, there was a guy preaching here. I mean, I was having some serious flu that didn't want to be user-friendly. So I was just, as he was preaching, I was counting. I just wanted him to say amen. Then I rushed out and go and take my medication and come and sit down. Just waiting for him. But your small flu that you get, even some of your flu is not really, it's just Papa Lazar from um, something. You are not really, you have not really reached flu level. But because of that, you won't come. You are doing yourself a disservice. Because it is in the presence of God that God will reach you and comfort you and strengthen you. Today, one more. Verse 4, it says, He that speaketh in tongues edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. He says, the one who is speaking in tongues, he builds up himself. That's why when you are told, you must speak in tongues. This is where people read and they say, Speaking in tongues is not good. You must not speak. A lot, all the churches you know who say that they are against tongues, this is the place because the next verse or the next two verses, Paul asks that. He says, Now, brother, I wish that you all spoke in tongues, but if you speak in tongues, what's, how, does it profit, how does it profit you? So, because of that small state, I think it's five or six, which one of it? If I came to you with speaking in tongues, what shall it profit thee except? By revelation, knowledge, doctrine, and so on. So, it's like, they said that Paul said that when you speak in tongues, it's not profitable. That, that's, that's what they said. That, that's, the whole doctrine of not speaking in tongues is based on this scripture. No, 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 they don't like that. He that prophesied is greater. Verse 5, please give us verse 5. He said, I would, he says, now, brethren, I would that you all speak with tongues. But rather, that you prophesy. For greater is he that prophesied than he that speaketh in tongues. The fact that something is greater than something doesn't mean the other one is useless. Don't you know that 200 runs is bigger than 100 runs? Does it, okay, give me all your 100 runs since it's useless. Give everybody who has 100 runs, give it to me and now use 200 runs. Only use 200 runs. Hello? I said, did you know, Amani, do you have 200 rands? Do you have 100 rands also? Okay. Do you know that 200 rands is better than 100 rands? Okay. So, bring, to bring the 100 rands, we'll go and throw it away. We'll throw it away. We'll tear it into pieces. the doctrine of not speaking in tongues is based on this. It's based on this. He says, I wish that you all speak in tongues. So speaking in tongues is good. But it's for, it's for, it has its purpose because it builds you up. Do you get, that's why we speak in tongues every day. Because we don't come to church every day. We come to church on Sundays. Then we come again on Tuesday. So the days in between 
speak in tongues so that you can charge up yourself here and there, here and there. Hallelujah. But the next thing he talks about is prophesying or prophecies. He says, greater is he that prophesies, or he that prophesies, edify, builds up the whole, prophecy builds up the whole church. That is why gathering ourselves together is important. And anytime we gather together, there must be prophecy. I mean, when I was coming, I was, I'm actually supposed to be in Deban now. But I look at the time of the wedding and the time I'll finish preaching in Deban. And I said, you know something, if I go to Deban, I won't make the time for the wedding. So let me come and preach here rather and then I go to the wedding from here. Okay. Now, when I was coming, I was here and they were discussing the timing of the service. I said, okay, you know something, then let's not preach. We just sing some praises and then when we finish the praises, we collect some offering and we go home. We just go home. We can't have a church service without preaching. We can't have a church service without prophecy. The people that were giving me a chance to preach, they said, no, you have to preach. So I said, okay, maybe some 10 minutes preaching, then we go home. They said, no. I said, oh, why are you guys so greedy? Okay, 20 minutes. They still said, no. I said, ah, but we have to be at the wedding. We have to take sound, go and set up everything. Somebody's wedding. I mean, Abby, if it was your wedding, you want us to come early, right? Still, the people, it's not new, the people. They said no. The people, those in this area, this, this area going. Yeah, this from here going. They said no. Why? So I said, so how long should we preach? They said, at least 40 minutes. 40 minutes. I said, really? What do we say for 40 minutes? They say anything, 40 minutes. Why is it important? Because that is where the church is built up. What preaching does, singing does not do. Clapping does not do. Dancing does not do. Bible says, in the beginning was the word. John chapter 1, verse 1. The word was with God and the word was God. By it, all things were made. Without it, was nothing made that was made. Without the word, was nothing made that was made. Without God's word, you can't make anything. Now, what is prophecy? Pastor, I've been waiting for you to talk about this prophecy because I saw a prophet the other day said to me, my prophecy is locked in his bosom. Where is your bosom? In his bosom. Bosom. Your bosom is your front. That's all. (laughs) In his bosom. And I've been wanting to go and collect it. So this week is the week that I was going to collect the prophecy. So I'm glad you are talking about prophecy. Prophecy. What is prophecy? Three things quickly and then we go home. Number one. Prophecy is speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Prophecy is what? Speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. That's prophecy. Simply put, that's prophecy. Speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus said in John 4, uh, Luke 4, 18, he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Anointed me to do what? To preach the gospel to the poor. Anointing is primarily for preaching. He said to Preach the gospel. So anytime anybody is preaching under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the person is prophesying. That's prophecy. That is simply prophecy. Preaching under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. First Samuel 10, that is after Saul had anointed 
Samuel had anointed Saul. And he was now dispatching. So he said to Saul, is it not because the Lord has chosen you and he has anointed you to be captain over his people? That's why I'm, he said, even what, I'm just confirming what God has said about you. Then he told him, now go. Then he started to tell him the things that will happen to him as he was going. So he said, as you go, you will meet a company of prophets, verse 5. And when you meet them, they will prophesy. Now, to start with, Saul was not a prophet. Hello? I said, Saul was not a prophet. Until that day, Saul was just a shepherd boy looking after sheep. So, on that day when Samuel poured the oil on him, Samuel was telling as you go, you will meet a company of prophets. When you meet these prophets, they will prophesy. Then verse 6, he says, something miraculous will happen. It has never happened to you before, but it will happen. What, does, what did he say? He said, the spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you will prophesy with them. He said, once the spirit of the Lord comes upon you, you will prophesy with them. You will prophesy with them. He said, you will even prophesy in such a way that the people will start to ask. It's so also among the prophets. And so they'll be wondering because they knew you already. I mean, they knew Saul. You see, at that time, Saul was the tallest person in Israel. Bible says of the whole of Israel, he was a shoulder above them. So everybody in Israel was up to his shoulder. I mean, you can imagine. Everybody was at his shoulder. And you don't know top. You see this Paul, Pogba, Lukaku, they are all six foot two, six. I mean, they are tall. I mean, tall, 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 tall. No, seriously. Many of us are short. I mean, with all apology, all due respect, many of us are short. No, these guys are tall. No, 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 seriously. Lungani, there's a place that when you go to, you will feel short. I mean, stand up, stand up. You see how tall this guy is? There's a, you see, when he's standing with me, he doesn't look short. But there's a place that when you go to, I'm telling you. Look, in, in, in Paris, and these type of guys from Mali and guys who are, they are all six, look, Lungani, they are here. They are, I'm, it's, it's alarming, it's frightening. When you stand by them, it's I saw the Africa we have. Uh, I don't know whether it's the Africans in Africa or the Africa we are at. We are short. <laughs> Baby, uh, no, seriously. It's the Africa we are at. We are short. Seriously. You know, my children were just telling me that Paul Pogba, Luca, is it when they play that FIFA, FIFA 18, FIFA, they see their height and 6 2, 6 3. Giants, Matichenko, Smalling, they are all tall. There's, I mean, a guy called Smalling. Kobe, come, come. How tall is Paul Pogba? Quickly. Run, run. When I call you, you run. How tall is Paul Pogba? Paul Pogba is six foot four. Six four. How tall is Lukaku? Lukaku is six foot five. Do you know six foot? How tall will I be? <laughs> Maybe five eleven. Yeah, I'm like five eleven. So you can imagine six four, six five. They are like giants. When you dig a full grave and they stand in the grave, they are still inside. You and their head is at the top. Yeah. So that's how. No, all those guys, um, that Van Dyke and Co. They are all, Kobe, how tall is Van Dyke? Where is he? He's gone. Okay, cool. Yeah. No, now I use them as my data bank. They store the information and I use it when I need it. It's as simple as that. Yeah. So that's how tall um, Saul was. Above, every, clearly taller than everybody. So you can imagine... When he's playing with the other children, 
he'll just be beating like, oh, sit down there, foolish boy. Then he'll kick you away. I mean, two giants. So to hear him prophesy, the people, someone said, the people will be very surprised. They'll be so surprised. They'll be like, ah, when, when did Poba, I mean, imagine, yeah, Poba is now a prophet. I mean, how? You will not even believe it. But one of these days, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. You are also going to prophesy. So anytime anybody is speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, it's called prophecy. Number two. So three things you should know about prophecy quickly. The second one. Predicting the future. Predicting the future. is also prophecy. Predicting the future is prophecy. Many of us are stuck with this type of prophecy. Do you get it? It's a good way of prophecy. This, this prophecy is usually for everyday prophets. Many of us are stuck there. That's what we're, plus what is going to happen tomorrow. Plus tomorrow next, what is going to happen? I know what is going to happen. Tomorrow next will be Tuesday. That's what it will be. It will be Tuesday. Tomorrow will be Monday. The next one will be Tuesday. Yeah, it will start in the morning and it will end in the evening. The sun will rise from the east and set in the west. That's, that's what will happen. Yeah, if you are, you are in school, in the morning you will go to school and you close at in the afternoon, you will come home and then we we'll eat supper in the evening. That's what will happen. Predicting the future. It's also a prophecy. Second Kings 7 verse 1, Bible talks about Elisha. Bible says, and, that, and Elisha said unto them, that seer, hear ye the word of the Lord, that seer the Lord. Tomorrow by this time shall a measure of wheat be sold for a shekel. And two measures of barley be sold for a shekel in the gates of Samaria. He said, that's what is going to happen tomorrow. He said, there was a famine in that land. He said to them, this is what is going to happen tomorrow. Simple and short. He said, tomorrow, this is what is going to happen. Very simple. He said, that's what is going to happen. And at that time, there was a famine. It was the most ludicrous prophecy you can hear. You, 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 it's like, how can you say that? At the, look, choose another time to say what you are coming to say. But this thing you are saying, I mean, when it's Black Friday, and you tell us that a, a measure of flour will be sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel, we can believe it. But in a time of famine, it cannot happen. It's not possible. It's not possible. But that's what he said. In verse 2, the Bible says, The man, of, the officer of whom the king's arm rests, he said, can they, Even if God is to open the windows of heaven, can this thing happen? Look, if you, you want to dare a man of God, that's serious. But to dare God himself, now you have gone for World Cup. Yeah, you are going for World Cup. You have cross. When they built that famous ship called the Titanic, they said, it's so strong, it's so well built, it's unsinkable. And they even had the impudence to say, even God himself cannot sink this ship. And they wrote it on the ship. Even God himself cannot sink this ship. Well, that was the last day Titanic ever saw daylight. That was the last day. That was the, that was his first journey. He sank. So this guy was behaving, you know, those who did the Titanic, they had not read the scripture. So the man of God told him, look, this prophecy, it will come to pass. It's a sure word of God. It will come to pass. But when it comes to pass, you will not eat of it. You will not even eat of it. The Bible says in verse 16, and it came to pass that a measure of wheat was sold for a shekel, and two me- a measure of flour was sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley 
for a shekel in the gates of Samaria. As the man of God had prophesied it. Verse 17, the guy who said that, the thing, he died in verse 17. You know, God has a way. He wants you to see the prophecy before you disappear. So you don't arrive in heaven with an argument about God, but even the prophecy didn't, no, see it, then you disappear after. Yeah. The man of God has said it. It's a prediction of the future. I mean, recently I was sitting on, I had just woken up and I was sitting on my bed. As I was sitting on my bed, I decided, let me send somebody an SMS. I said, now this, 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 this person was having problems with the husband and had gone away. So I said, he will send for you. He will ask you to come back. Look, I wasn't praying for the person. I, I just, when I woke up, that's what I felt. So I just sent it. I was sitting down when the person came back. The person told me, when you sent this message, I only had to say amen so that I don't look. <laughs> I don't look some way. You, you, I mean, your pastor can't send you a message that you say, I refuse it. <laughs> So I had to just say amen. You see, but it didn't make sense at all considering what was happening at that time. But today as we sit here, the prophecy has come to pass. Yeah, it has come to pass. I prayed with a lady one day as we were praying. I saw a hand stretch from the ground. There was hair on the person's hand. It's like somebody reaching for help. Like that. So when I finished prayer, I told the lady, this guy would need you, you'll be surprised. From that day up to today. I said, from that day up to today, the guy has been needing the lady up to today. Yeah. And I can prophesy to you, the lady is the solution to the guy's problem. I can tell you for free. Yeah. I told you, didn't I tell you? Yeah. Sometimes when you are giving people their problem, you give them small, small because sometimes ladies also can go on a journey. So. <laughs> oh God! Thank you. Yeah. Even that sinon thing I, I told you, I told them she was in grade eight. I said, one day somebody is going to come from far away. He's come, he will come and propose to you and he will marry you. And you look a very beautiful bride. Believe it. Just continue walking with the Lord. It will happen to you. That's what we are seeing happening today. That's what. And she, she, I'm telling you, if you are at the wedding, you will see. It will perhaps be the most beautiful bride you have ever seen. I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah. A prediction of the future. Now, this is where we throw a word of caution. Don't go around chasing prophecies. The third thing I wanted to tell you about prophecy is that a prophecy is a declaration from a prophet. A declaration from a prophet. That's a prophecy. I'll come to the word of caution. I close on that. My time is up. A declaration. We read Isaiah 44, 26. The Bible says, God confirms the word of his servants. And he performs the words, the message, the words of his messengers. So that's a prophecy. So anytime you get to meet a prophet, look, be serious. Be ready to see whether there's something he's going to say that upon your life. It's a declaration. And God will confirm it. Yeah. And God, I mean, since Bishop Larry came and he went, we've had so many testimonies. So many testimonies. So many. Yeah. Because God is confirming it day by day. Day by day. Day by day. Now, a word of caution as I close. This is where we also go off. Because it's like we are chasing prophecies. So we go. You hear Prophet Hot Water is here. You are there. It's hot. Yeah. 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 
Prophet hot water is here, so you are going to prophet hot water. E. You hear a tent has come here. So then you are there. I mean a tent. Play me some tent music. I mean tent has come here, so you are there. Jesus, 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 hey, 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 are the tenth place. <laughs> no, this guy he has not played in a tent before. No, Wauzi, I don't know, but this guy he has not played in a tent before. This guy he learned how to play the keyboard here. My wife taught him how to play the keyboard. So this is the only place he has played that he has not played in a tent anywhere. Wauzi, I don't know, but <laughs> we'll take it like that. <laughs> we miss you, brother. Yeah. We go chasing prophecies. So I've heard, please, I, I heard something about your grandmother. and your, Then we now get into familiar spirits and all kinds of things. Do you get it? But listen, do you need a prophecy? How many of you need a prophecy? If you need a prophecy, give me a wave. If you, I say if you need, I'm going to prophesy over you. If you need a prophecy, give me a wave. Okay, listen. The greatest prophecy and the surest prophecy is the word of God. Is the word of God. Is the word of God. Yeah. It's the word of God. Stay with the word of God. Stay with the word of God. If you want to make sure that you don't... This is how you have seen people say they are following after prophecy. Then you see you are duped. Your whole bank account is wiped out. Everything is cleared from your account. You, you have lost this, lost your house, lost... It's because of this thing. You are chasing prophecies. A prophesy to you, get 46 million. But to get the 46 million, bring 350,000. Now, simple mathematics. If you are going to give me 46 million, why don't you take the 300,000 out of the 46 million and give me the rest? I mean, very simple. I mean, just give me the rest. I mean, even, look, just take 1 million and give me 40, 45. We, we can just get. Very simple. I mean, you don't need any. Yeah, I don't know. But by the time you realize you have lost this, you have lost that, you have lost this, you have lost that. And also in your life, God has a prophet for you. Yeah, God has a prophet for you. That is the person who shares the word of God with you every time. That's your pastor. That's your prophet. That's your prophet. So you go to your prophet. For Israel, they always had a specific prophet. That they at any dispensation. A specific prophet. Eli. Then Samuel. Like that, Moses, like that specific prophet for you. That's a specific prophet for you. Stay with that prophet. I said, stay with that prophet. Stay with that prophet. Stay with that prophet. Yeah, stay with that. There's no need. Look, I've heard of prophet Omo, prophet this, prophet that. Look, that's your prophet. That is your prophet. This is your prophet. This is your prophet. Every Sunday, he prophesies here to you. Which other prophecy do you need again? Every Sunday, he prophesies to you. One prophecy a week is enough. I said it's enough. It's enough. It's not now. I've heard a prophet he has come from Congo, a Congolese prophet. He can shake his waist like nothing you have seen before and he can prophesy in English and in French. Listen, that's your prophet. I said, that's who? A prophet has come from Ghana with a Nigerian accent. A Ghanaian prophet with a Nigerian accent. Imitation 
his limitation and he has come he's prophesying oil everywhere look that's your prophet that's your prophet that is your prophet and the word of God is your prophecy I pray that we'll subject ourselves to the word of God regularly and to the prophet of the house Bishop Dagiwood Mills that's our prophet regularly so that God's prophecy will come to us continually in Jesus name stand to your feet let us close what are the three things you should know about prophecy number one is what no 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 no. three things about prophecy speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit the influence of the Holy Spirit number two is what predicting the future and number three is what a declaration by a prophet. Even in this case, we should say a declaration by your prophet. Your prophet. By our prophet. Our prophet. And this is our prophet. Bishop. Dark. Keyword. Mills. Lift your hands. Just pray for yourself shortly as we close. Pray against the spirit of deception. We close on this one. Pray against the spirit of deception. Deception. The, the body of Christ has been overrun by deception in our age. But pray for yourself that, Lord, let me not go astray. May I not be deceived. May I stay. May I stay on course. May I stay on the prophecy in the house, which is the word of God. May I live according to the word of God, Lord. Help me. Help me, O oh God. Help me, O oh God. Help me, O oh God. May I stay under the influence of the Holy Spirit. May I stay under the prophecy of the prophet of this house, Bishop Dagiwood Mills. Help me. Deliver me from delusions, from deceptions, from tricks and gimmicks. Gimmicks from other people. Deliver me. Deliver me. Deliver me, Lord. Deliver me, O oh God. In the name of Jesus. Father, thank you for every hand that is lifted up. We pray. Deliver us, Lord, from deception. From being led astray, O God, in the name of Jesus. Help us to stay in the gathering, in the assembly that you have put us in. Let us come to it regularly. Let us come to it faithfully. Each time we come, let the prophecy come to us. Let us be spoken to under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Let the future be predicted to us according to your word. And allow your prophet, Darkyward Mills, to declare your truth over our lives. We give you praise. We give you glory. Thank you. Guide us and lead us by your word that cannot be broken. We thank you. We bless you in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You can put your hands together for the Lord. You are here this afternoon. You want to say, Pastor, I don't want to go to hell when I die. Please pray with me. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to go to heaven when I die. You are here like that with every eye closed, every head bowed. I want you to lift up your right hand. I'll pray with you. Pastor, please, maybe somebody invited you to church, but you know that if you are to die today, you will not go to heaven. Lift up your right hand. I want to pray with you. Lift up your right hand. I want to go to heaven when I die. Lift up your right hand. If you are lifting your right hand, lift it high above your head. I want to pray with you. I want to pray. You want to go to heaven. It's the most important decision of your life. I want to go to heaven when I die. Lift up your right hand. I'll pray with you. If your right hand is up, please come to me in the front. I'll pray with you. Just come to me. I'll pray with you. Lift it up. I'll pray with you. I'll pray with you. Come to me. Come to me. I'll pray with you.
front, pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, it's your prayer. Look at me, y'all. Look at me, please. It's your prayer, okay? I'm helping you to pray it, okay? So you have to say it, all right? Good. It's just that you don't know what you have to say. That's why I'm helping you, all right? So let us pray. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, and mean it from your heart. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I accept that I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of all my sins. I believe with all my heart that you died for me and you rose again. I confess you as the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying to save me. Amen. Put your hands together for them. Father, thank you for each and every one of them. Keep them, bless them, fill them with your spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. What's your name? Stephen. And you? Shane. Like Shane giving Shane. Okay, you? Maud. All right? Andrea. Wow. Exotic names. Eh? Desmond. Wow. Very exotic names. You? Pearl. My God. You look like this girl. Turn around and look at her. This one. No, no, not this. This one. She's from China. Are you from China? What's your name, darling? Zitembiso. And you? Brian. Mobile. Yeah. Very powerful. Powerful group of people. Wow. This is the best decision you have made in your life. To assure yourself of where you will spend eternity. It's more important than going to school. It's more important than getting married. It's more important than getting a job. Because all these things are transient and temporary. But eternity, where you will be, that's the most important decision. Alright? Wonderful. You see the brother and the sister over there? They have something wonderful for you. They want to give it to you quickly and then you'll come back to us. So please, please go with them. Wow. Well, folks, it's been a pleasure. God loves you and so do I. We believe you have been blessed by this life-transforming message by Reverend Daniel Harley. For more information, contact us at 204 Peter Petrov Street, Peter Maritzburg, or call 078-038-2166. God richly bless you.